0: Let's pray. God, we ask You this morning for nothing short of everything. Everything in You that fills us with joy. Not joy by the world's standards. Not the things that are fleeting and temporary, but we ask for Your eternal presence. We ask for Your ongoing presence in ways that You may fill us with joy that goes beyond What we can understand, what we can perceive, what we can see and hear. Continue to fill us in ways that only you can, that we only know because of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray and in whose name we proclaim at this very moment. I choose today to walk on the way. Because the way is the joy of the Lord amen it's important for us to remember as we keep going along the way that the way is a way of good news it is never a way of bad news and that's hard for us to remember sometimes because we're surrounded at all times by bad news As we walk along the way, all we have to do is look to our right, look to our left, and we will see bad things. But as we walk along the way, the way that is only a way of good news, we're filled with the joy of the Lord. I read a news magazine I've told you about called The Week. I'm real hot right now. I'm ringing. Is that better? All right. Sorry about that. Anyway, there's this news magazine, The Week, 40 pages. So 40 pages every week comes out, typically on Saturday. So Saturday night, I open it up and start reading. About page three or four, at the bottom of the page, no less, the page takes up about a quarter of the page, is a column with three human interest stories that are all about this big, And the name of the column is, It Wasn't All Bad. Now think about that, and I love it. It's one of the first things that I turn to. Think about that. In a magazine that is supposed to represent the news of the week, at the bottom of page three or four that only takes up a quarter of a page is a column called It Wasn't All Bad, And you know what it insinuates? That the other 39 and three quarters pages of the magazine is filled with bad news. All right, so sometimes that's pretty accurate representation. What if this morning, this hour that we spend together is the main source of your good news for the week. Today is Joy Sunday on the Advent calendar. And what that means is that beginning last night in Australia, when it was their Sunday morning, they started proclaiming what we are proclaiming here this morning hours later. And last night, many Christians on the east coast of Australia started reading this passage from Matthew 11. When John heard in prison what the Messiah was doing, he sent word by his disciples and said to him, Are you the one who is to come, or are we to wait for another? Jesus answered them, Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have good news brought to them. And blessed is anyone who takes no offense at me. As they went away, Jesus began to speak to the crowds about John. What did you go out into the wilderness to look at? A reed shaken by the wind? What then did you go out to see? Someone dressed in soft robes? Look, those who wear soft robes are in royal palaces. What then did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written, See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way before you. Two most important words you'll hear all week are in that passage. And they're two tiny words. They don't, make, they don't take up a lot of space in your Bible, but they are the words that represent, particularly the Gospel of Matthew and the way that Jesus preaches in Matthew, but some of the most important ideals made up in the New Testament: Go and way. A trivia question for you. You know what the shortest sentence is in the English language? That was going to be such a dramatic moment, too. (laughs) It's the word go, shortest sentence in the English language. And it's important for us, especially. We hear at the end of Matthew, one of the last things that Jesus says, go and make disciples. His first commission, back earlier in Matthew, go and learn what this means, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. Then there's the go in this passage when he's talking about John the Baptist go and tell John. One person. But what does he go and tell John? Go and tell John what you see and hear. And this is important, uh, considering what he's about to tell John. Go and tell John here's what you see, here's what you hear. And it's really nothing short of what we are supposed to do in here that we, as we walk along the way, are to go and tell. Did you know that the church in early Christianity, sometimes it was called the church, sometimes it wasn't. It had all kinds of names for it. you know what one of the names for the church was in the New Testament? Uh, It's already up there, so. It's the way. Uh, You know, we were kind of dreaming last year, you know, what if we... What if we put a a sign out there that just says, Church One. You know, we are all one in Christ Jesus. Lord our God, Lord is one. There's that. Another thing that we could call this place, if we really want to go back to what they did in the New Testament, what they did back in the time of Jesus and right after Jesus, when they said, here's who we are. Well, what are you? The way. In Acts 9. One of the ways that it is put, meanwhile Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues at Damascus so that if he found any who belonged to the way, men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Then a little bit later in Acts 19, about that time, no little disturbance broke out concerning the way. And then you get to Acts 24, and this is Paul talking, all right? Keep that in mind. This is going to get real important in a hurry. But this I admit to you, that according to the way, which they call a sect, I worship the God of our ancestors, believing everything laid down according to the law or written in the prophets. Now, keep this in mind. Two readings ago, so so this is Acts 24, according to the way. You back up to Acts 9. If he, Saul, is going to become Paul, finds any who belong to the way, men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. His encounter with the way was he took people who were along the way, taken to Jerusalem, bound. He's breathing murder. I mean, that's the way Acts 9 puts it even. He's breathing murder. And then you get to the end, and the guy who was breathing murder is the very one who is saying, but this I admit to you that according to the way which they call a sect, I worship the God of our ancestors. It wasn't a very long period of time between Acts 9 and Acts 24. If he can take a person who's breathing murder and now he is one of the primary spokespeople of the way. What do you think God can do with us? You choose this day whom you will serve. As for me, I will serve the Lord. I choose today to walk on the way because the way is the joy of the Lord. And I believe, as we proclaim in here all the time, that the joy of the Lord will be our strength. You know what joy means? I mean, you can Google it, and you know what's going to pop up. One of the first definitions, <coughs> a feeling of great happiness. It didn't get it. It didn't get what we're talking about in here, not on this morning. This is more than a feeling of happiness. Let me tell you what joy looks like. Joy looks like the blind receiving their sight. That's what joy looks like. So earlier this morning, when we were getting ready for our class time, I was kind of helping to make sure that everyone was in place who was doing their readings, the songs, the prayers, liturgy, all the things that go into our nine o'clock hour during these few weeks. So not everyone was here who was about to read, and so part of my job is just make sure that everybody's in place, and if they're not, I'm just going to run up there, read the part, go back down. Everybody showed up. It was all good, but planner in me was making sure everything was together so what I did so it's in the very back and I grabbed a Bible and turned to the passage that I thought somebody's going to have to go up and read and if it's me I'm just going to have it ready so got a Bible ready opened it up and then realized because I left my Bible in my office That I'd also left these in my office. Kristen Bowles Johnson, our resident eye doctor, when she was here, I went and saw her when I was, you know, early 40s, 43, 44 ish, and she said, It's not going to be that long before you're going to need reading glasses. If you've never worn reading glasses before, let me tell you what it feels like whenever a doctor tells you you're about to start wearing reading glasses. You know what it feels like? Nothing at all. Because what you react with is, nah. Never had to up to this point. Maybe my mom, maybe my dad. You know, maybe y'all have to wear reading glasses. Uh, well, I'll last. I'll, I'll, you know, bust out of the curve. And then one day I realized, uh, wow, this uh, this Bible is not as easy to read as it used to be. And then I'm laying in bed on Saturday nights reading the week, and I'm thinking. Uh, I wonder if there's a large print (laughs) (laughs) edition of the week. And then on this lovely Sunday morning, I'm right in the back thinking I may have to read uh, this part. And so I grab a Bible and I open the Bible. And it is, I guess, what you would call a regular print Bible because it just wasn't happening. And so there in the back, I thought, I wonder... If back here in our lovely sanctuary, there's a large print Bible. I found one. Found it. Didn't have to, to read. But then I thought, you know, as something, something as simple as this, and I've been thinking about this for the past few weeks, especially because of this morning. It just everything came together this morning and last night, and the day before. It's becoming a daily occurrence. You can buy these at basically any drugstore, grocery store, bookstore. They're everywhere. You can buy these, and they're cheap. You know, they're almost disposable. Wear them, wear them out, throw them away, get another pair. It wasn't that long ago in the span of world history that something as simple as reading glasses was a luxury. And it wasn't that long ago in the span of world history that there was no such thing as reading glasses. So when Jesus says the blind will receive their sight, I don't think he's just talking about people who are stone cold blind, who can't see a thing. I think he's talking about people who, through the years, start to experience all kinds of decline. And I don't think he's just talking about physical stuff either. I think he's talking about those of us who, maybe at one time in our lives, when we proclaimed Jesus as Lord, Maybe it was was when we were baptized. And you're filled with that zeal, that excitement, that feeling of, I'm going to proclaim Jesus as Lord and nothing is ever going to stop me. And I'm going to feel what I'm feeling right now for the rest of my life. And then you start walking along the way there's bad things on the left side of the road and there's bad things on the right side of the road and you even start to lose sight of the way that's right in front of you and then you start praying and i don't know maybe you've prayed this prayer before i have you ever prayed while you're walking along the road something to the effect of god just give me a sign because I'm getting tired and this is getting old and my, my legs are tired of walking. You know why in Psalm 146 and later in the book of Hebrews that these people describe people who are walking along the way with feeble arms and weak knees? That's not a coincidence. It's because those of us who walk along the way for a long period of time occasionally look around and realize... Man, I'm tired, and I can't see the way as well as I used to, and I can't hear the word of the Lord as much. I mean, people get up here and say, Hear the word of the Lord. And sometimes the response is, Wait, What? And then Jesus telling people to go and tell other people, says, let me lay this out for you, and this is bigger than anything that you can ask or imagine. And this is the kind of good news that we're supposed to be sharing, and this is where real joy comes together. The blind receive their sight. If you are totally blind if you just can't see as well as you used to, in the kingdom of heaven, you have perfect eyesight. The deaf gain their hearing. The lame can walk and they can run. The dead are now alive. And then, I don't know if Jesus saves this one for last, but I kind of think that it's on purpose. I don't know if Jesus is stacking this list in order of importance. But if He is, I think it's interesting that Jesus says, blind, unable to walk, those who can't hear, the dead and then the poor. But then there at the very end of this list of good news, Jesus says, and the poor have good news brought to them. They don't have to go out looking for it. It is brought to them. If you're blind, if you're lame, can't walk, you're deaf, if you're dead, which that can take on all kinds of meaning too, if you woke up this morning and said, you know, I am not as rich as I used to be, which I don't think has anything at all to do with money, but if you're not quite as rich as you used to be, not in the things you buy or the things you own, then here's some really good news. Everything you need, everything you need to see, to hear, to walk, to live, and be rich in God's Holy Spirit is right here in front of you right now. You don't have to go looking for it. You don't have to just try harder. I mean, if you've been at... This following Jesus thing for a while, somewhere along the way, you have either heard someone say out loud or you have at least heard it insinuated, you know, you'd be a better Christian if you just tried harder. I mean, our tradition is as guilty of that as just about anybody. And I'm here to tell you, you can keep trying harder. It's not going to get you any closer to God because God's already here. The way Of Jesus Christ is already right here in front of you. You don't have to try harder. You don't have to just be a better Christian. Well, maybe if I do this, maybe things will be a little bit better. Nope. Everything you need to see, everything you need to walk, everything you need to hear, everything you need to live, everything you need to be rich in Christ Jesus is right here, right now, today. And that, dear friends, is joy. Amen.